And so we're having lunch, we're having burgers and stuff. And I'm like, how's everything going? Have you guys encountered any problems or whatever? And they're like, the, the only problem is, and this other guy's name was John, who was working in the basement, John's ghost. And they're like teasing him and laughing about it. And he's like, shut up. And I'm like, ghost, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And so I said, well, what's going on? He's like, well, I am doing all that work in the basement. And I swear that when I get to a certain spot in the basement, I look up and I can see above me a pair of women's legs. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. It's John. Hello. Hello. Hi, John. How are you? Hi. Wonderful. How are you? Good. Good. Lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you both as well. Just a heads up, we're already recording. Excellent. Yes. We love that you like our show. Thank you. And I we do love like your that show. You want to be here on our show with us. Well, hopefully I have a story worthy of, of, of showed them. Um, <laughs> according to the email, yes. Yeah, that's pretty yes, good, you actually. Yes, you do. So, um, wait, should we introduce ourselves? Sure. Please. You start, Emily. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. <laughs> and this is The Residuals. And we have a guest with us today. That's right. We have John. Do you prefer John or Jonathan? If you ask my mother, she would say I named him Jonathan, but I sort of don't actually ever recognize it. So whatever's comfortable. Okay. It's good to know. Wait, when you get in trouble, are you called your full name with the middle name still? Probably. Yes. And you know what, though? In fairness uh, with our mother, um, she also uses it in like the, the ultimate of positive feedback. She will use your full name as well. So I think there's a nice balance to that approach. I love it. I love it. So do you want to give us a little background about yourself? And if you grew up in a haunted house, if you've always sort of had paranormal encounters and, you know, just let us know what the deal is. Sure. So um, did not grow up in any sort of haunted house. We, uh, as a family, we actually grew up all over. So born in Southern California, but um, our father was a bit of a, of a corporate vagabond. And so uh, we moved, he was kind of a a startup guy before the dot-com days, you know, before tech was a thing. It was when you had rooms filled with computers that defined tech, right? And you could put in a bunch of cards and it would spit out a printout of your name and, you know, but it took a whole room of computing equipment to do that. But so we lived in Kansas City, which is uh, from California, which is actually where my sister was born. And then from there, we lived Austin, Texas uh, for several years and then moved to Hawaii. And uh, when I was in high school, first year of high school, we moved from Hawaii, the big island of Hawaii to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, which is where I reside today. So as you can imagine, I was a 
was a really happy 14 year old teenager in February coming from the beach to the winter and no, you know, just uh, all of the things that were contained there. But here I sit, you know, however many years later, 36 years later, uh, still in Utah, which uh, actually love this place. But we didn't have a lot of paranormal experiences. We weren't a religious family um, mm-hmm. by any stretch. We sort of jokingly refer to ourselves as we belong to the church, the Seventh-day Recreationalists. So, uh, you know, uh, my, my dad is spiritual in terms of like, you know, maybe more Buddhist uh, type philosophies than anything else, but not any sort of traditional religions or spirituality or any of that kind of thing. So angels, demons, all that stuff was just sort of literature to us uh, around that stuff. And so until mm-hmm. we had our experience here in this house, um, my wife and uh, and our two kids uh, about uh, 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that now. Um, I was actually, you know, back to sort of my my wiring and personality. Everything could be explained in a logical, rational way, but uh, clearly my viewpoint has changed after our experience. So yeah, why don't we talk about what's going on in this house of yours? Yeah, so it's a it's a little bit past tense, and then we had uh, something else that popped up, but it's kind of a it's a different chapter to the story versus a recurrence, and in my mind at least, but. Um, we moved into this house in Salt Lake City, uh, which my wife was born and raised here and comes from deep pioneer LDS slash Mormon really? refer to roots, Ooh. but is no longer part of the church, but was raised here in Salt Lake City and a large extended family. And, you know, as I was sharing with you guys, we moved here when I was in high school and I went away to college and settled back here again and, and met my wife. And so we've sort of stayed here ever since on that stuff. And we got married a little later. Uh, late 20s, early 30s, and um, we're quick to have kids. And our first house was a as a house, uh, just a starter rambler home in one of the neighborhoods just south of the city. But um, we always uh, loved the neighborhood in which we're in now, um, and always kind of driving through looking for homes, etc. And it's a unique place here. It's just outside of the city, about five miles southeast of the city. It's a, a little neighborhood called Sugar House, which anybody who's come to Utah or lived here or whatever, it's a it's a great little area. It's just adjacent to the University of Utah, close to downtown. Um, the the actual neighborhood we're in is called Emerson Heights. Um, but uh, because Salt Lake's set up on a grid system, right? Like the not only is the temple the is galactic headquarters for the for the Mormon Church, but also it's the center of the city. And they built a plan, the city planners, that every road southeast and west is kind of 100, 200. So it's a grid system. So this neighborhood is lovingly referred to as 15th and 15th. And it was uh, started to be built in the early 20s. So a lot of really cool architecture and old homes here. And this was a neighborhood that growing up here, um, we lived in a neighborhood not far from here and just loved it. There's little restaurants, independent bookstores. It's a funky little neighborhood that's, uh, you know, not officially a suburb these days, but back in the 20s and 30s was certainly a suburb for for Salt Lake mm-hmm. and uh, had, was built out. So we finally stumbled across this house where we live today. We moved in and um, I'm not an architect, so I don't know the the ins and outs of what the formal architecture was called, but around here we call them sugar house bungalows. And so okay. very compartmentalized, right? Kind of like the period of 1920 to the 1940s, a lot of these houses were built um, and kind of have a unique little style about them. Um, this house that uh, that we moved into, um, we fell in love with it immediately because when you walk in the front door, even though it was compartmentalized, you almost have to picture in your mind like the like a Nautilus shell, right? Kind of like that that spiral. Like you walk in the front door and there's a very formal living room, and then there was an entrance to a dining room off to the left. And as you kind of move clockwise, 
there was a butler's pantry with like an eating nook in there and a beautiful place to store your dishes. And then you were back in the, in the kitchen area. And then as you continued around two bedrooms off the back and kind of a master bedroom. Um, and in that, that master goes in air uh, quotes, cause it was, you know, 990 square feet or whatever, <laughs> right. uh, this master bedroom <laughs> that was in there and then a bathroom back there. So two bedrooms and we moved in our daughter at the time, Lily was, uh, I think like nine months old when we moved in and just, you know, it was one of those things where we, it was like, do you think we can afford the monthly payments on this house? It's in the neighborhood we want to be in and it's in the spot we want to be in and it's a great house and perfect. And we borrowed some money from my family, which took us a few years to pay off in addition to us trying to make the monthly payments on the mortgage and everything. But it was, it was the house that we wanted. Right. And so like, we're officially starting as a, as a family moving in uh, the, you know, we were sort of had arrived, right. Married kid, dog in the house, et cetera. And um, it was just a, a great spot. Like, a really funky neighborhood kind of in the process at that point in time the house was built in 1927 but but kind of turning over just a little bit you know people this is a neighborhood where people have long-standing family relationships families are raised in these homes as evidenced even by us um and then you know kind of it cycles out but these are 30-year residents these aren't transient homeowners right, right, right. so we had sort of a a combination of very welcoming neighbors you know a few of them they weren't so welcoming after we didn't turn up at church on sunday but still a lot of welcoming Mm -hmm. neighbors and then others that kind of eyeball you very suspiciously like what are you doing in this neighborhood right you know i've been here for 50 years 60 years 70 years whatever it is like okay let's we'll give you a chance but but let's see what what happens here and and so um living here originally it's uh you know like i said a wonderful place for us to be really happy and um, there were some things that in hindsight would occur that only in hindsight, you know, I would sort of explain off myself or, or we collectively, my wife and I would explain office. It's just sort of something that's different. So like, as an example, um, we, uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night and we had a family bed, which, you know, uh, I think is, was a disaster. No offense to anybody who's a fan of the family bed thing. I know everybody has their choices, but like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and our daughter who was a toddler would be like pinning me like a pro wrestler. And my wife will have, you know, crocodile rolled all the sheets off both of us. And I wake <laughs> up like, what the heck is going on? You know? And so then I would hear something in the house and because it was compartmentalized, each room was at its own. Right. And I, I would hear what I would think would be footsteps in the house. And so then I would say like, it's the dog, right? The dog's up wandering or whatever. And I'd sit up in bed and move Lily off me and, and look and the dog's there on his bed on the floor. And so it's, like, it's not the dog. So then I'd go out and walk around through all the rooms and there'd be nothing. And it wasn't running or anything. It was just light footsteps, right? But it's a 1927 house. The the white oak floors are original. It's We live in an environment where like you, you can imagine all the stuff that went through my head to logically explain it. Like it's, the house it is was settling. hot today. It was right. cold yes. tonight. You know it's what I mean? easy like, to dismiss. Kind of stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. See, exactly. and that is a joy thing. Joy would be rational. And I'd immediately jump to, oh my God, we have a ghost. She would be rubbing attacked. crystals together and I throwing. <laughs> Dancing around the house with lit sage chanting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know that was one that it would happen occasionally but also like i'd wake up a bunch in the middle of the night and i mm-hmm. i you know not i'd not sleep well um and and so but you just say like it's the family bed thing where you know there's three of us in a queen bed was Go this ahead. um within like a 
a few months or so of moving in because this way that you're describing, like my house is a two bedroom bungalow in Long Beach, California. And it's the same thing. It's little rooms and you hear noises and stuff, but we moved from an apartment. So when I moved here, every little noise, I was like, what was that? What was that? We don't have neighbors. What was that? So I was up all night, like checking the doors. Cause instead of one apartment door, we now had three doors. And I was like, there's too many points right. of entry. Who's going to come and like break in my house. <laughs> so eventually I settled down. I still do it sometimes. Um, <laughs> but was it within recent times of moving in that you were a little more up during the middle of the night or not? Pretty recent. Right. And, and it wasn't consistent, right. It wasn't like it was every night or at specific periods or whatever. Right. I can't even just reflecting on it, you know, cause it's more than a decade ago. I, I can't even remember kind of the cadence or frequency of it, but it wasn't something where it was like every night or uh, that I would even wake my wife up and be like, I think somebody's in here or what, you know, it was, it was not that level of alarm and the house we moved from originally was like a 70s house on a big lot. Like this lot is 0.10 acres. So like, you know, I'm sitting at my kitchen uh, bar right now. And I can see in the video reflection in the background, I can see one neighbor's house and I look out and I see the other's neighbor's house. So these are very small lots. So everything was in the house. The lot we had before was actually on, a, on an old public golf course here in Salt Lake City, and it was a third of an acre. So there was tons of noise, but it was all external noise because we had wildlife and things that were on the golf course and ducks that would come into our pond and other sorts of things. So, you know, I was used to kind of like the disturbances, but the inside the house was, was not, not something that was solid. And, you know, we weren't paying attention to other things. If there were other things, there was nothing that was in your face. Mm-hmm. There were two other things that I do kind of happened sorry. over. Go ahead. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I do have a quick question. I know you said that it was yeah. a while back, but when you would wake up, was it always around the same time of night or was it at different times? Do you recall? Yes. So it was always sometime between three and four was when it was. Man. Okay. Copy that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Tickety right. tick, tick. Mm-hmm, Marking mm-hmm. that one away in my and, brain. Yeah. And hopefully you can provide me some insights around that time frame because I have We'll, no we'll see. We're getting the gears going. Okay. Um, okay. When okay. you moved in, was the house basically restored the same as it had been built because like my house there are things that have been changed but there's little things that are the same from the original build like we have the same floors but the kitchen's been redone did you have renovations in that place or did it look pretty much how it did when they built it it's somewhat renovated and the history we knew we had bought it from a young couple who had lived in the house for about 12 months and um through the negotiation process we found out they were getting a divorce um but uh they were very young couple he was a returned missionary and they got married very quickly they were both you know a mormon couple and so like that was they didn't share anything and and there was nothing that was in there and as we met neighbors there was no need for us to talk about it and the neighbors who were still close with many of them today directly as we've shared this story with them they haven't said like that makes sense that this you know we heard from the other people or we've seen this over time because they were here before us right a -hmm. lot of them were but See, I, there I had would been normally say I would normally say that that short amount of time that they were there in the house would be a very massive red flag, considering the but, other things that were going yeah, on. No. Yeah, probably not. And the, you probably. never and the know. People also, had, yeah, the the people that they had bought it from, it was actually more of a transaction, kind of a bit of a flip, and so the renovations that were done were like new cabinets but not great cabinets sure 
and maybe a new stove and a new fridge. And they put in a little thing in the basement. We have a deal here in Salt Lake that's sort of like, it's an accepted thing, kind of like a, it's not black market, but it's more like, you know, gray market area. They call it mother-in-laws. And so you can have a separate apartment. Some of them have separate entrances, some of them don't that allow you to have a renter or somebody else living in the basement. And so somebody had put in like a counter and a sink in a small fridge in the basement area that set up the basement, which was also two bedrooms and a bathroom with this living area and a small little, wasn't even a kitchenette, right? Like there wasn't a stove. It could have been a hot plate, but you could have rented it out to a college student, but it was a shared entrance, right? You'd walk in and either the side door and walk up into the kitchen or walk downstairs into the basement. And I think they had one of their friends living there, um, but original floors, original cove ceilings, tile on the the fireplace and and all those kinds of things. And, you know, all the fixtures, the bathtub was the original iron bathtub. And I know oh, that because you ripped it out eventually. Ceilings? Yeah, we still do. We kept them in the renovation oh, and like leaded glass out. windows that when That's you, so yeah. dreamy. Wait, you ripped stuff out. <laughs> yeah. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yes. I'm wondering. We'll that. Oh, that's why I'm asking. There was about a specific trigger. Joy, are you taking notes? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. There was a specific trigger. See? Okay. All right. Oh, my taking notes. Already. Already. So two other things in this early kind of like the 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 halcyon three years time um that uh that we lived here. Um, there were two other things that would occur. And one is my wife and and I felt it heavy but she felt it really heavy in the basement because for one of our anniversaries i forget which one it was you know i was trying to be sweet and so like it was the wood anniversary right like whatever that that time is like three years or five years or i don't know it's it's whatever that anniversary was i bought her a pilates reformer and so we put that in the basement right so she'd go down there and work out but i'd come down and my office was in the basement we put our guest bedroom in the basement and so i'd come down there and work and she'd work out and i'd go in my office and i'd see her and she'd be like stay on the couch crying and i'd say what's going on she's like i just you know got really depressed and she had some stuff going on her grandmother had just passed away and so you know we kind of chalked it up to that like we'd sit Mm -hmm. on the couch and down that was in that we put in the basement and and just sort of sit there for a while but she always like felt a supreme heaviness in the basement and didn't want to be down there hanging out and and lily as a toddler didn't want to hang out down there by herself because we put like her little little tykes climbing thing you know because it's winter here in the winter right. mm-hmm. and so like we'd bring that stuff inside instead of the backyard and she but she would only play when somebody was was down there with her she mm-hmm. wouldn't go hang out by herself and she's you know three years old or whatever and i'd be in my office and she wouldn't want to play out there by herself wow um so oh, wow. that was kind of a second thing was just that that general heaviness once you went down the basement but the bigger thing for me which kind of plays into the story later as well is I would work late at night out of my office down there. And when I would reach the bottom of the threshold to come up the stairs, to come back up to on the main floor of the house, I would always see like a flash, like a shadow out of the corner of my right or left eye. And it was always in the same spot, like two or three feet before I reached this threshold of this narrow stairway that went up to the kitchen area and the side door. And so then I would like freak myself out and like turn off the light and run up the stairs. And I'd be like, damn it, you know, you're, a 35 year old man, like scaring the shit out of yourself, like whatever, you know, nope, like, doesn't matter. It's, okay. it's the basement. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. And it was always late at night, right? Like midnight, 11 o'clock. It was when I was working there late, not ever in the day. It was always when it was dark out. So then I'd have to turn off the light and run up the dark stairs oh, to do this stuff. No. So just so, to backtrack, your office is in, was in the basement and your daughter's play area. Okay. So your office, your daughter's play area was just right outside the door. 
and she still didn't want to be by herself. Right. And she never said like, I'm scared or whatever. She would just come in and get you. Right. So then of course you write it off to be like, she just wants to be interactive. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. want to do quiet play. You do quiet play in a room all day long, but not ever in the basement um, down there. Yeah. And um, so then we had our son, Charlie. So there's four years in between the two of them. And all of a sudden this little quaint sugar house bungalow that was perfectly right sized for our family with little tiny closets that you could fit like three suits and a, and a sweater in, you know, and, uh, and the way that the whole house was organized, it just, it was too much. Like all of a sudden we felt it, even though him, he was an infant, it's like, you feel the bursting of like, there's too much family energy for this house and too, too little space. And, you know, you can't, it's not open enough to have it be something where you can sort of do zone defense on two kids and any of yep, those yep, kinds yep. of things. Right. So <laughs> right. Then we were faced with this, well, you know, we need to move. And so there were a couple of other neighborhoods. There's a canyon that's right up the street from us. It's called Emigration Canyon, E-M-I, not I-M-M. Um, and that's the canyon that Brigham Young and the wagon train came down that's very famous for, you know, this is the place. You saw the, the city and said, we're going to settle here and everything. So up there, they've started to develop that. And it's a beautiful area up in the canyon. But it's like, you know, as the kids get older, we don't want them driving up and down these canyon roads in the winter. And right. Like, mm-hmm. what happens if you need a lemon? You know, like you're screwed. If you eat a lemon, it's like a 20 minute thing, right? <laughs> no, to, to go no. try and figure that out. Right. That. That's too far you, you for me. <laughs> I'm a planner. My wife is not. So I just saw I was going to be doing a lot of driving. Um, so uh, we kind of, we, we took that off the table. And then there's another cool neighborhood a couple miles south of us that was built in the 60s and 70s that has a bunch of really bitching um like mid-century modern ramblers with bigger lots and like cool windy streets that set aside so you feel private even though you're still in the city and so we look down there and I don't, I don't know we we basically settled on we love this neighborhood we've got a grocery store that's been here since the 40s that's walking distance we've got a independent bookstore that the kids would like walk up to and like have saturday readings you know in their children's book center and there's restaurants and there's a there's an old family pharmacy that when you need something they send some kid on a bike with your prescription so if you're sick you know like they come it's it's (laughs) still can i move and so i want to move it's amazing it's an amazing (laughs) neighborhood right and very walkable close to the city close to everything so we were like well maybe we should look into what if we kept this house but remodeled it so Mm -hmm. i have a so when you you told us earlier when you walked into the house and you were like this we need to we'll do anything we can to be here had you looked at other houses before that and had that feeling or was it when you crossed the threshold into this house you just had that overwhelming this is home we need to be here this is our this this is our spot we looked at other houses and they just they either needed a bunch of work up front or they just didn't have the char- they didn't have the same feeling or, right. or charm, right? And this was, you know, thank goodness for our, our realtor, who actually was one of my really close friends from high school. Um, he said, you know, I know this is like quite a bit out of your price range, which you know at the time it was like we were looking at houses that were in the two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. This is going to freak you guys out in LA too, like the two eighty price range, and this was three twenty, and we're like, oh my god, don't show us the three twenty house because we're going to love it. And then we can't afford it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And so 
So when we came in, we were like, no, this is the place, right? And we'll figure it out. And mm-hmm. and got some good coaching from some mentors and from my parents that were like, you should always kind of punch above your weight on on some of this stuff because you will figure it out, right? Like yeah. it's it's not irresponsible. Okay. It's just a stretch and, and you'll make it happen. But, but it was we a did logical... have a very solid feeling. So it, yeah, so it was an emotional and but was it more emotional? Sorry, I'm just trying to like figure some things yeah. out. Was it more it was of both. an emotional thing? Okay. Okay. It was both. Okay. And it was set up for, in our minds, if we knew we wanted to have a second child, we're like, yeah. hey, it's got two bedrooms on the main floor. And, yeah. you know, we can, yeah, we can make this happen. Yeah, all that extra space too downstairs, which yeah. is like a huge thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then, a separate bathroom and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the extra room downstairs, you guys decided to renovate instead of move. See what I did there? You like that? Yeah. Yes, that's a great transition. Uh, Um, So our first step, because this neighborhood also is um, during that time period, kind of like early 2000s, people did some really bullshit renovations. Oh, no. So like they would pop pop the top off of the house and basically just drop a box on it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that just wasn't our style on any of this stuff. And so we're like, we want to do a renovation because we had very little covenants. They didn't need to because not many people were doing it yet. Yeah. And so it was sort of like after our renovations, now they have a bunch of covenants in the neighborhood that it's like, you can only go up so high and you can only do so much and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so our first step was we hired an architect and we interviewed several architects and this one husband wife team we found, she grew up in this neighborhood. Oh my God. So we thought how cool, like we liked them a bunch and we thought how cool because we could have them come in and really like when we say we want to preserve the aspects of this house that right. make it unique and we don't want to be that person for our neighbors that is like the monstrosity you know that they're like all oh, those guys that moved in they did this you know three years ago now they've turned this thing into a joke we're like we want to keep the the integrity of the original design of this house so like if you were to stand in front of our house today and actually a house that's directly east of us next door is the same floor plan 180 so it's a mirror image it was this like it was built by the same builder at this like a year later and when you look at our houses unless you look really closely the elevation is pretty much the same for both yeah. houses and that was okay. like an intent of ours right so the plans they drew up were to take off the back of the house put a stairway up two bedrooms and a bathroom upstairs with like a play area living area that then you could see from the back of the house but from the front of the house it's it still looked pretty much the same with dormers yeah. and, and everything. Right. They presented us with the, the plans, which we loved. Mm-hmm. And so basically, right, let's keep the main architectural integrity of the rooms, like the cove ceilings and things where they existed. Right. Um, let's keep the elevation the same. We even kept, we've got French doors that open onto a front porch and there's leaded glass, was leaded glass mm-hmm. in there. But at the time of the remodel, we kept that. Um, right. But, you know, in the winter, we would have to bring up things and put them on and it was a heat sieve and everything. And so we said, let's just keep that because we love the leaded glass, which was fun with our son when we moved back in. Because oh, uh, I'm sure. I will tell you, if you have to replace one of those things, it's like $350 a pain. Oh. People have to hand yes. make that stuff these days. Yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. Ouch. Oh. Which is a problem. No problem um, with balls in the But we also love that they <laughs> they knock down the wall between the living room and the kitchen, which is where I'm sitting now, and open it up. We have an island with a big range. So just a much more open floor oh, plan on the main that. floor. Turn the back two bedrooms into a bathroom and a master suite. We put a porch off the back. We didn't have an entrance from those two back rooms out. We just had a side door to the driveway. 
And then of course the rooms upstairs largely leave the downstairs intact architecturally, but we ripped all the drywall off and because there was no insulation and put in furring strips and, you know, just brought it up to code and kind of like modern times and, and you yeah. know, efficiencies and those things, but it was gutted. Right. I mean, that's that, those were the plans. And so then the next step was to look for a contractor. So they helped us source three different contractors and two bids came back really fast. And a third bid took a while, like 10 days longer. And they're like, we hope you give this guy a chance. We really love this guy. Um, his name was Jim Burdett. He lives in the neighborhood. He's got a small team, which I like the idea of that, right? Like mm-hmm. it's going to be consistent. They'll use subs, but he has a team here doing most of the work throughout the whole process. He understands the aesthetic of the neighborhood being that he's from Exactly. There. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So he's not going to try and convince you to do some crazy shit that someone else would. Right. And he comes back with a bid that it was funny. I looked at it, you know, and everybody was like, when you look at the bid properties, it's this much time and the budget's X and yada, yada, yada. And his bid had like, he had like a specific amount of roofing nails, like 14,130 or like something like that, that I remember in my mind that I was like, I love this this. guy is detail oriented, right? which is awesome. So (laughs) we're not going to be on time for this, but we'll probably be on or under budget. If we go over budget, it's our own damn fault. Like we're going to pick things. Mm -hmm. This is not that guy. And he has this small team, which we met through the process. There's four guys on his team that have worked with him forever. And they do a lot of remodeling and they do one project at a time and they're consistent. So I was like, this actually feels right. So we gave him the work. We moved out because of the extent of the work. We rented a house like 10 blocks away and moved in there as a rental with the two kids with a signing a year long lease, because that was sort of the estimation of the, of the project on that stuff. Um, So we move out and like everything's going well and they're doing the demo and it's like, I don't know, the the guys are really cool too. Like I'm so happy we selected this, this person. So a couple examples of just sort of like their energy and just them as people, they were out doing work in the backyard and they noticed that our elderly neighbor's fence is falling down. And they called me and said like, do you mind if we use scrap wood to prop up this woman's fence? Oh and we're going to come on the weekend and do it. Like oh, who does man. that stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like I love that. they're good people. Right. I'm so glad and they people found like a, that still exist for real. I know. <laughs> right. And these are the perfect people to trust with your home. Right. Exactly. Right. And this is a home that we want to be along. Right. right? We didn't, this wasn't a flip. This was like, we, we made a whole bunch of decisions to stay here. And so they also found a pin that said stop infantile paralysis with a picture of a woman on it. And um, they did some research on it and called me and they're like, this is like before March of dimes, it was called infantile paralysis. Oh my God. And so like, there's a March of dimes museum in Chicago that they said, is it okay if we send this like lapel pin to the, we called the March of dimes people and they wanted as an artifact, like to put in their historical journey of March of dimes. So there's a pin from this house that they found and sent. So like just good, cool people. And cause we were nearby. I would come like every three weeks and take them out to lunch two or three weeks. And we just go somewhere in the neighborhood and like have lunch and be like, how's everything going? And we talk and whatever, oh, just cause I, I like, this. I appreciated these guys. And so one time we were at, uh, at lunch, this is probably like two months into the project. And there's a bunch of people doing demo work on the main floor. And, um, there is a, 
one of the guys is down in the basement and because we were putting on a second story and because we're in an earthquake zone like you guys are he his job which sounds terrible was he had to cut every three feet in the wall in the downstairs basement and install these brackets that like would screw into the foundation and then like go to the main floor because we were adding weight so to bring it up to code he had to do this so like what a tedious terrible job around the whole basement and so we're having lunch we're having burgers and stuff and i'm like how's everything going have you guys encountered any problems or whatever and they're like the the only problem is and this other guy's name was john who was working in the basement john's ghost and they're like teasing him and laughing about it and he's like shut up and i'm like ghost what the hell are you talking about and he's like oh it's nothing it's nothing and so i said well what's going on he's like well i am doing all that work in the basement and i swear that when i get to a certain spot in the basement i look up and i can see above me a pair of women's legs and i'm like what what are you talking about i'm like well what looking up like just the legs like where do you see this and he says like two feet before you reach the threshold of the bottom of the stairs. When I look up, I see a pair of, so the place where I would see the shadow all the oh time. Oh my God. He's seeing this pair of legs. And so then <laughs> yes. I'm like, Oh my God. And I tell my stuff of like, I, I have for the last four years seen this. And so now the other three guys are like, you, you two guys are idiots. <laughs> like whatever. Right. You know, like <laughs> I can't even believe you're falling for this. Right. Oh, two guys man. named John, you know, that swear they see a ghost, but like, it was one of those moments where it was like the world stopped. Right. And you like, your ears are ringing. You're like, what yeah. you're seeing it like in the, I mean, this is like a two square foot space in a spot of, you know, 6,000 square foot of house or 4,000 square foot of house that you're like, he's seen something right where I saw it, but something more material. Right. That's there. And so, during the day, assumably. Right. Like they're oh, totally during the day. Right. Like no, it's not totally like just how you had things at, you know, 11 o'clock at night going to bed. Like he's seeing these legs hanging out at like three right. in the afternoon. <laughs> and the other thing yep. is, is that because now it's like deep in the demo, it's ramped up from just being a shadowy and a feeling to actually it's discernible women's legs during to the him. Day. Yeah. Ooh. And then he'll call them down there and nobody's seen anything. And they're like, dude, you got to stop. And and in fairness, also, like he struggled with some alcohol and addiction problems. So, okay. you know what I mean? Like you kind of, you yep. can easily start to write some of that stuff off. He's living in a little motel and there's been days he hasn't shown up and the contractor calls me. And he's like, John's not there. I'm going to go get him out of whatever hell he's in personally and bring him back. But I just wanted you to know, like, you know, high integrity stuff of like, I, I believe in him. I want to give him a shot. I'm like, I'm fine with him. He's great. You know? Right. So the next lunch, which was like three weeks later, now I go in with these guys and it's much quieter. Mm. And I say, what's going on? And they say, well, now there's actually stuff going on <gasps> and everybody's like connected to it. Right. And so oh like God. they call, were the ones that called the lunch. Like we want to talk about this stuff. <gasps> Shut up. Oh, it was a ghost meeting. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. It was a ghost invention. <laughs> you find yourself listening to our show and thinking, oh, I have a story that I should send in, then go to our website, theresidualspodcast.com and send us a message. We love bringing you all things paranormal, but we would like to do more. And this is where you come in. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. After that, leave us a glowing review 
give us a five-star rating, and share us on your social media. We are so grateful for your support. Now, back to the show. I'm like, what's going on? And so they give me a whole bunch of examples. Like there's been periods where they've all been in the basement doing plumbing and electrical now. And because they were working bottom up and they would say they would be in the basement, all of them. And they would hear footsteps on the floor upstairs. And they would think that it was like an inspector has come. Right. Cause that's what happens when you do these, you meet the milestones on the projects and the things. And then the inspector comes and says, okay, you can do the next thing. So then one of them will come up here. Nobody's up there. So other things like they would be out on, they were starting to build the framing on the back of the roof and to put that up there. And they would be out doing something kind of on the scaffolding and there'd be a big crash on this new second story, which is just basically a platform at this point and come in and like saws would be tipped over and stuff <gasps> like things that couldn't happen with wind or whatever. And tools would be moved day to day and tools would go missing day to day and then turn back up. And so now they're all like, this is happening, you know? And so I'm like, I don't know what we do about this. You know, like, is anybody being feeling threatened in this kind of thing? Cause I don't know what to do about it. And they're like, no, we don't feel threatened. It's just like, it's a bunch of freaky shit happening. Right. right? I'm like, I totally agree with you. It's a bunch of freaky shit happening. And then like a month later, I get a call from the the neighbor on one side and up at the rental place. And it's at in the evening. And he says, Hey man, you got to get over here. Like there, the crew's gone. I think there's a bunch of like high schoolers or something in the house. There's somebody's in there, like tearing it up. Like there's a bunch of shit banging and I hear stuff crashing and all sorts of things. He's like, you got to get over here and kick it. I'm like, why don't you go over there? He's like, I'm not going over there. What if it's not high schoolers? I'm like, oh God. (laughs) So I get in the car and drive down here, come in the house, nothing, you know, Mm. nothing. Nothing's tipped over. Everything is totally fine. It's just a bunch of noise. It's just all noise. That your neighbor can hear. And he meets me out front and he's like, I swear to God, right? You know, and he's he's a very sober guy and very practical. And he's like, I swear to God, like somebody was in there. Holy shit. Because there's like really no exits, right? It's not a big house. It's not a big property. He's out front. So if somebody were out front door, I came in the side door. There's no back door at this point. Whoa. Like, where would they have gone? There's really no place to hide because right. it's gutted yeah. on all this stuff. So it's like, I, he's like, I'm sorry, but I promise you, like, shit was exploding. Like, it was going crazy. Holy there. fuck. And I swear there, I would have said there were like two or three people in there, like hitting the beams with wood or whatever. Like, it was that level wow. of things. So did you hear it at all when you pulled up or it was just him? Okay. No, just him. Oh, boy. So done. Like, cause I pull in the driveway and then by the time I got on my car, it's done. Right. Oh, God. Whatever. And I'm only oh, like five man. minutes away. So it's not an hour later. Right. It's like 15 minutes later. Yeah. It, like it was at night. And so jump in the car and go. So was it still happening and, right up until you pulled in the driveway or had it stopped when you'd said you're on your that's way? That's what he, he said. It stopped. He said, he said, you know, it stopped when you pulled into the driveway because I pulled up along the driveway, which was a two track at that time, you know, cause it had the grass strip down. Okay. It was old. 1920s thing um but he was outside so he would have seen anybody depart right and there was no fence in the backyard and there's an alley in between his house and mine so if somebody would have run out or a group of people would have run out he would have seen those ghosts are just like fuck this renovation yeah put my house back (laughs) yeah 
I know. And so then it was like, all right, we got to do something. And so my wife, Karen and I, we were talking about it and I'm like, you know, I don't know what to do about this stuff, but after college, when I moved back to Salt Lake, I lived for a couple of years with some guys. We were, we were all fly fishing guides and we lived in this rental house. And the woman that owned it was an economics professor up at the University of Utah, had moved here from Southern California, but she had also bought our rental house. And come to find out while we're living there that she's also on like a local radio station, like the, the hip radio station which was called X96. She was this psychic personality. Her name was Margaret Ruth. Oh my God. And so we would give her a hard time, right? Like, is that is this like some sort of like, you know, illusionist uh, Dear Abby thing? Because right. people would call in, right? With like, I want to talk about this. And she'd talk to them about love lives and whatever else. And she's like, no, I've always been sensitive in this. And so we teased her, right? I mean, we're mid-20s people that don't believe in any of this stuff. So we just sort of gave her a hard time because we'd go to, you know, we'd get together, drink wine and stuff. She's a lovely lady. And so I'm like, you know, and her name wasn't Margaret Ruth. It was Jane. And so I said, you know, you remember on X96, there was that Margaret Ruth. She used to be my landlord. I'm going to call her right? because I've got her number and I call her and I'm like, Jane, this is John, you know, long time, no speak. It's been probably seven or eight years. I'm like, you're not going to believe why I'm calling you, but I sort of give her the rundown, all the stuff. I'm like, can you help us or can you recommend somebody? Because now I'm finding myself in a spot where I have to be open to other things and we need a, so, some sort of a solution or at least like, you know, some data around right. these things. So she says, I'll meet you over there tomorrow and we'll do a walkthrough of the house. And so I was like, all right. So she meets us over here and my wife's with us and we get a sitter for the, the kids. And we come start walking through the house and we go in the basement and she's like, you know, seeing stuff and feeling stuff and come upstairs and whatever. And um, she's like, all right. She goes, okay, I, I, there's there's a couple of things going on here. Yeah, we were like, well, a couple of things? Oh, like, geez. what? <laughs> and so she says, the first thing is in the basement, there's like a really nasty old man energy in the basement. Uh, but it's like it's a, it's like it's a VCR tape that's on playback. Like it's just, it's just settled in the basement and sometimes really negative energy will settle in the lowest point of, especially of a dwelling or a structure. And so like, interesting, it's not active. It's a residual haunting. It's exactly right. what you said. Yes. And so she says, but the second thing is quite active and it's a female spirit and it is very angry <gasps> about the remodel of the house oh. and especially the floors. Huh. Oh. And so when we moved in here, this place had white oak floors. And one of the things we tried to do and we intended to do was to keep the floors and refinish them. Uh -huh. But at a certain point along the project, when the guy came in to refinish the floors, he said, there's not enough laminate because they've already been refinished twice. Right. right. You're going to need, there's nothing for me to work with to make this substantial, okay. right? Like mm -hmm. it's not going to last you guys. So then we had to make the tough decision to put in the floors. But that mm -hmm. was sort of timed with when all this stuff ramped up was when we made that decision for the floors. Wow. And so now it's like, well, what the hell do we do? Right? Like this, do you live with this? Like I can't placate the spirit and put the floors back right. in. Like we ripped them out, you know, and like we're putting in hickory floors for the next 50 years of whoever lives here, including us. Mm -hmm. um, we can't save these floors. And she said, well, I want you guys to do two things. Um, or one thing, she says, I want you to go home and I want you guys as a family to write down sort of like everything you've shared with me about the house. And I know you guys as people, but this person doesn't really know you as people. 
I want you to write down like your intent as a family and your intent with this house and, you know, the steps you've taken to remodel it and, and keep it, you know, as much of the original character as possible. And, but I also want you to be really firm about this is our house. And I want us to come back here in a few days and we're going to do two things. We're going to, I'm going to bring some kosher salt and we're going to move around the basement and put salt in the corner of every room and see if that can push out this residual haunting Mm -hmm. that's down there. But then I want us to have like, actually sort of, you know, have an interaction with this other spirit. And I want mm-hmm. you, I feel this spirit is older and female. And I want you, John, to be the person that does that. I want you to kind of like take the man of the house or whatever. Okay. Right. And like be firm. Yeah. Like this is our house and we're living here and we're sorry, but like, this is, this is our house. So we're like, geez, Louise. Aww. So we, we go and, um, and write all that stuff down. And our daughter's scared at this point. Right. Cause she hears everybody talking about it. Yeah. Right. She's like five or six. And so mm-hmm. she has her own things that she wants me to write down that you scare me, you know, like oh. weak things to, to be able to read as far as this right. process. And so then we come back here and we do the salt in the basement and then we come upstairs and she's like, okay, start addressing the spirit. And I start sort of going through the, all the stuff we had written down. Like, this is our family home. And the reason we didn't move to our home is we love this home. And we don't intend to sell this home to somebody. We're building it so it can be right for us for the next however many years we're able to be here. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, you got to go. You're scaring our kids. And, you know, you're scaring the people that are doing the work on the house. And this is our house now. Right. And you, and you have to go. And, and then the psychic was like, she's here. And so she's like, let's go. And so we're walking through this gutted house up towards the the dining room. And I'm like, you know, we're, we've tried to do as much as we can, but there's no more that we can do. And you got to go, you know, and uh, leave this for us now. And then the psychic's like, she's gone. <gasps> and she's gone. Yeah. <sighs> That's intense, but it's also such a best case scenario and the, the <laughs> well th- wait assuming there's nothing else well yes yeah. at this point well, there is something else but it's a it's kind of like a chapter two yeah. and it's not the same thing but okay. yeah but it's i think it's lovely that obviously she cared deeply about this house she loved mm-hmm. this house and you reassuring her that you will be fantastic guardians for it but also putting your foot down that it's not her house anymore it's your house. You will be the ones to protect it and take care of it. And she doesn't you're have to. My five-year-old. Yeah, she doesn't have to right. keep having tantrums. Did yeah. you? I mean, I know you said that your daughter, when she was three, she didn't want to play by herself down there. As she, um, just because it didn't feel right. As she got older, did she say anything? Or when the baby was born, while you were still living in the house, correct? So, did yeah. anything odd? happen with him or did you hear anything over baby monitors and things like that because we have people who have had situations where they've heard something over the baby monitor or like heard the baby like giggling and babbling and there's no one in there for them to giggle and babble with so you had nothing we can recall okay right so again we could have had our sort of practical right fences up and said, if we heard something, it was like, oh, it's coming in from the neighbor's Wi-Fi. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. And, and then yep. you don't even remember it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing that stood out to us, but we weren't attuned or looking. I mean, the most consistent thing was me having that little jump scare episode at the bottom of the stairs. That was the most consistent thing that would that would happen. Okay. And it was never material. It was a shadow. 
It was totally peripheral vision, Mm. right? Like, and always dark dead of night in a dark basement. So you're like, you're just, you're doing it to yourself on this stuff. But we did actually potentially get some, some uh, clarity around who it was Mm -hmm. that was in here. So after we did the remodel, moved back in, there was one elderly neighbor. She was in her seventies. She came over one day with about walking kind of around the block and I was outside doing something and she's, we, we'd never met her. And she said, I just want to tell you what a good job you guys have done on this house. Oh. And she's like, you know, um, you guys did an amazing job. And so I was like, how long have you lived here? You know, we're just sort of chatting it up. And she's like, I've lived here, I raised my family here. I've been here for 50 years in that house, you know, around the corner. And so um, I said, tell me like, you know, I don't know much about this house besides the people we bought it from and they bought it from a flipper. And I know the family before that was two mothers and and a kid that they were professors at the university of Utah and they lived here for like seven or eight years and raised their kids. But like, that's it. Right. right. And I had no contact with any of those folks. But before that, she's like, well, before that there were two spinster sisters that lived here from middle age to elderly. One died in the care home and actually the other one died in the house. Okay. And she said they were very difficult that there's an alley that used to. So our lot is exceptionally small, even for this neighborhood, because there was an alley in the back of the houses Mm -hmm. on our block. That was the way they developed this plat. And every house, except for ours, has the alley joined. Mm -hmm. So they, at a certain point in time, the city's like, we don't want to take care of anymore. We'll just deed you the land. You can have a bigger backyard by taking everybody gets half of the alley, right? Just put a fence back there and then you get a bigger backyard. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. We have a weird little section of alley because these women apparently wouldn't sign off on it because they would walk around in the alleys for their exercise. Oh my God. So they never signed off. So we're the only house that doesn't have it. And so So she talked to us. Yours was a spite house. You had a spite house, but without it being super duper narrow, you Exactly. It was a literal spite house. She said the other weird thing about them, because she says, I've been in your house with them. That's the only time I've been in your house. And I said, what were you doing in our house? And she said, well, they were great nieces of this guy, Calvin Woolley, who Calvin Woolley was the self-professed prophet that in the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, that said, I had a revelation that plural marriage should still happen. Yes. And so like follow that genealogy and you get to the Jeff's family. So he started the FLDS church, but in the basement, because they came from such like a notable, like they had other family members that were like serious people in the church and apostles and everything else that they had in the basement, a lot of memorabilia. And so they kind of were like the family memorabilia keepers around certain things. So she went down there and saw they had things from this pioneer and that president of the Mormon church and blah, blah, blah in our basement that was down there. So that could be also the nasty old man energy. It could be from some of those artifacts, but I think it's more likely about two years after we moved back in, some guy stopped. I wasn't home and knocked on the door. My wife opened it and he was like in his sixties and he's like, I grew up in this house and they were the original owners. They raised a family of like six in this house. Oh God. And so he said, in the, you know, the two like, bedrooms and the, the, the two bedrooms yeah. and with no <laughs> closets, nothing. And, um, and he uh, was telling her, like he, she invited them in and they walked around to show him. He was like, this is amazing, you know? And, but I remember these things and he was sharing memories, right. That were occurring to him at the time. And when they went in the basement, he's like, my brother's 
and I, we used to roller skate down here in the basement because it was unfinished. It was just a cement like shelf basement. I love that. And so, and my dad used to get really mad that we would be down here. And then he kind of like went off on a tangent about my dad was a difficult person. And bought, so it could have, mm. I, I think it's more likely that it was that original house's dad that was the residual right. piece that he was just not a nice person. Yeah. Maybe he was like, no toddlers playing in the basement. Stop that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That same feeling. Good point. Joy. Oh, man. That's insane. I used to roller skate in my basement, too. So that I was going to say. It sounded fun, frankly. <laughs> yeah. It was great because it was that like smooth concrete. Oh, so right. cool. And warm. Yeah. You know, this is fantastic because so many people have these things happen and these events happen, but they don't have any of this background historical information to either A, back it up or B, explain it. And you were able to get that somewhat like almost accidentally, I guess. Right. It's it was a it's a happy accident. It sounds like the progression of a movie. It does. House. Yeah. Like, all these things happen. And then this one random old lady from around the corner shows up and tells you this whole plot line. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. It's great. I love this. That's wonderful, though. <laughs> and found out afterwards also, you can do, I guess, because my sister in law is a title agent. Okay. I guess you could go to title agents and they can do like some sort of a search and it's cheap to do like a correlation of birth and death records and your address. I was going to, so there is actually a website called Died in House and you can go in there and for a small fee, you can put in your address and it will show you all of the people who live there and all of the deaths in your house included. So it's a similar thing that like normies can do. So yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. So wait, you said that there's been a second thing that's different. So yeah, that's different. And um, it might even be a little bit of a cautionary tale at, at some level. Oh, so no. now oh, we're dear. kind of attuned to this stuff, right? Oh, dear. You know, like now I went from my my beige, normal, very practical life to like, all right, I'd like genuinely believe it was going to happen. Right. Do I think there are religious overtones versus is it energy? Like, I have no idea about that stuff. I'd lean more towards like space, time, energy, you know, that kind of stuff. But I believe it's here, right? Right. Like, rather than like this is somebody's soul or or whatever like as it's defined and and you know christendom or those kinds of things so going off of that you said that when you moved into this neighborhood you got some side eye because your family didn't go to the church because these sisters were such they were on this incredible bloodline lineage mm-hmm. like almost like latter day saints royalty to a certain extent do you think that maybe played into the fact that they were pissed not only that you were renovating and also the guy in the basement because his energy was so ramped up even though it was a residual the fact that it came out so strong because they had been the history keepers in their house and they had this religion so ingrained into that property that you guys come in you do not go to the church your wife's history that she was a member and then she left do you think that maybe had something to do with it at all the fact that it was so it could have definitely had a play right um i i feel like if that was a significant issue there probably would have been more in your face things during that three or four year period before we renovated 
that was there and it was it was pretty quiet right things were subtle in the first place besides right. my little jump scare deal and also hearing footsteps and waking up at night but like i feel like but at the same time we were we're a good family right, right. i mean i don't need to be to, to toot my own horn on this but like two to wait, a lot beep, of ways beep. yes no we, exactly two we live we live the core values that are espoused in that church hall more than a lot of people right. that are in that church hall yes. on every given day. So like from an observable perspective, we're a good family. I so maybe that, that sort of tempered it a little bit, right? Maybe there was a fear yeah. though, that like, if they're remodeling to sell it as others have done in the past, who the hell knows who I get in here? Right. And do right. they care about this house? And are they a good family? I think, you know, one of the things, you know, you, you did say it, it would have been more in your face to me hearing about the discomfort that the jump scares in there and how, like the emotions, how how intense your wife's emotions were down there, that she felt this overwhelming sadness and that your daughter didn't want to be just in a different room. She didn't want to be in there by herself. It wasn't in your face, but it didn't make them feel welcome in their sure. own house. It so wasn't aggressive, but it, it, it was, was certainly not welcoming at exactly. the same time. Yeah, right. so I think, yeah. you know, that I'm wondering if that could be like, I don't think these people sound like they would these people sounded sound like they were passive aggressively aggressive um yes. and so they would do this kind of emotional gaslighting warfare instead of throwing shit about and having a tantrum well other than you know like no, when the house I was mean, actually in full renovation and they did throw shit about and have a tantrum but they stopped when he got there that's the other thing, though. Yes. They were throwing this tantrum, like you're saying, passive aggressively being really pissed off about this thing. But then as soon as he, they saw him, it stopped. Well, because dad showed up. Right. But like, it's a really interesting thing. Yeah. That, like, it didn't continue. It didn't happen when you were there to that level. Right. It was when you were gone. So it could have also just been like, where is he? Exactly. Like, does he know this is happening? Right. Right. If you want to go off what the psychic was saying, she said that they didn't really know you. Mm -hmm. So maybe they didn't have all the information. Like we always talk about how some people sort of assume that spirits and energies and whatever know exactly what's happening in the house all the time. Right. Well, maybe they only catch like snippets like we do. So maybe they're just throwing a fit because they want some information. And also right. the the previous owners had purchased it from a shitty flipper. So they have seen right. this kind of thing happen in their house yeah. with people who, unlike your contractor, who had lived in the area, had a great small crew, very respectful to the integrity of the house and the neighborhood and wanting to, to keep this house like at its core, exactly like the neighborhood was intended to be. They've seen this right. flipper and their crew do whatever and fucking up the house. And now you're in there and you're doing stuff. Is this going to be the same thing? Are they going to be disrespectful and put in the cheap shit? Or, are, you right. know, yeah. They, yeah. they don't know because this has happened. You know, there's already been construction, but it was shit construction. And I got the sense, too, that like she's back to your earlier point about it stopped when I showed up. It's almost like fix this right mm -hmm. right like make this right you know and because there was an assumption that th this wasn't going to happen and you know you could reflect on it and say did we even have the conversation about the floors in the house 
did she even hear it or no? Right. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. Right. Was it in an email I, and I forgot that I never said it out loud? Right. Or like yeah, we met yeah, yeah. Jim for we met Jim for a beer <laughs> at the local bar and was like, let's talk about stuff that's going on right. here or whatever after work. You know, I don't I don't remember any of that stuff, but um yeah, it was uh But it's not something it was just a very interesting. Experience. It's not something that you would rationally think of to do. Like we need to talk about these changes right. out loud to our house. Absolutely. Now you do, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> but wait, yes. is that maybe what's okay? So going and back. And when we had the, sort of the second thing, so kind of fast forward about, yeah. I don't know, I think it's probably seven, eight years. So our daughter, Lily, who's in college now, she was, uh, you know, that not prepubescent, but full on entering into pubescence, you know, that 14, 15 year old time frame, mm -hmm. hormones, um, dealing with a crazy acne thing right before school a lot of emotions oh, right you know dang. i mean a young yeah. woman that's kind of just like coming into her body as so there's a lot of emotions and there's other stuff that's emotions and other things and so there's some stuff that's going on she's having trouble sleeping right so again me being practical i'm like it's that damn family bed thing she's always been a bad sleeper our son by the way you can like put him down in the crib and he just like goes to sleep or his bed like if you take yeah. his phone away he just closes his eyes he goes to sleep it's like <laughs> if you need any more like I know it's a two rat study, but like, right. it's pretty clear that yeah, yeah. <laughs> round number two, we got better, um, but she, uh, she's not sleeping and she's, you know, this acne thing is terrible and trying to get on Accutane and all this stuff, which th that also messes with you. Yeah. You know, that's a terrible drug um, that I resisted yeah. for a long time, but finally we got to a point where it's like, this is mental well-being as well as physical right. well-being. Sure. Um, so she starts to have some stuff. She's sleeping, not sleeping well. And she has a thing where, um, I think she's like in her like 14 years old and the house honestly is feeling a little heavier to us again after like so many years of feeling light and there is more heaviness in the house. And so she um, comes downstairs one day and I travel like 75% of my time for work and she comes downstairs and she's like, what were you doing upstairs in the, in the behind the bathroom? There's a, a mechanical room, right? She's like, what were you doing up there last night? I went to the bathroom and I saw you go in that back room. And I was like, mm, I came home this morning. Oh, dear God, no. On the early morning flight. And she's like, well, I saw you in there. And like, she told me the shirt I was wearing from whatever. And I was like, oh, and the house has been feeling heavier. She's not able to sleep like full insomnia. And so you sort of feel like the, that character in the, what was Grand Theft Auto. It's like, oh shit, here we go again. Right. You know, like, is this happening again or whatever? You know, and so my wife and I are talking about it and she's felt that it's heavier and it's like, okay, we got to do something. And Jane's moved somewhere and I, I haven't been in touch with her and I'm like, I kind of don't want to call her like wherever she figure out where she is and right. figure that out. So we start asking some friends, you know, that we know that have, that are sort of open to this. And so somebody provides us a recommendation of a mother son team that come in and do this stuff. And, um, and he says he had an experience. He shares the experience with us. And so we're like, okay. So we set an appointment with them. They come over to the house and she comes in and she's like, I, you guys are like riddled with spirits. Like when I pulled up in front, there was a guy up like in the, the exhaust from the mechanical room, looking down at us, like peeking around the chimney, seeing this. And then I saw other spirits and then she does a walk through the house and she goes down in the basement and she's like, the basement's actually pretty good. And there's actually very protective spirits in the basement. And she starts talking about like a dog that I had that we moved in here with. That was my first child, you know? And so like, it's tearful and all this stuff. And she's like this. And we go up into the upstairs where Lily's room is. And she's like, 
there's a little girl spirit that's attached herself to Lily. And like the reason she can't sleep is she's like, let's play, let's play, let's play. And her name is Emily. And then she says there's a, she's doing something and there's a portal in her, in her closet. So like all oh of a sudden, God. like an hour later, I'm down at the store that I've never set foot in, in my life that oh. sells crystals and shit. And I'm like, I've got like six different salt <laughs> lamps and <laughs> the Palu Santu or whatever it is to do in the house right. and all this shit she told us to do. Right. Like instantly we're like, this isn't happening again. So we get it all set up about a month later. And we kind of don't really have material changes, but nothing has happened since then. A month later, she calls my wife and she's like, I don't know if you know this too, but I'm also a realtor and wondering, cause she's basically gave us the, you can calm this, but you can't get away. You can't get rid of right. this. And so she says, have you guys, would you be interested if things are still sort of going on there? Would you be interested in selling your house? Like that would be a logical move out. And so my wife shares this with me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, mm. Oh no. You know, like I start to think about stuff like, okay, in the basement, when she's talking about the dog, she went in my office and up high on the shelf, I've got that dog's ashes with the other oh. dog's ashes. Right. And these oh, little no. cedar boxes. And then I'm thinking like, we shared with her the story about the guy upstairs on the phone call when we asked her to come, like mm-hmm. you just start going through. And then like, there's a whole social engineering component around. You got to buy all this shit, but I don't think it's going to work. You know, oh, all this stuff. So many red flags. So, so many. I actually think this was just sort of, we never dealt with it before. I actually think this was a close family and L- Lily may even be a little sensitive herself, but like, I, I think this was sort of that teenage angst for lack of a better term that it generated a lot of energy okay. in the house like, that was like, hold negative nope. and positive oh, nope joy you want to go for this there one? there have been consistent reports of um situations during high changes of hormones so puberty menopause that kind of thing tends to attract ramp up change whatever sort of spiritual activity is going on around so it could be actual spirits of the departed or it could be energy from your daughter we've had both situations happen where it's been like the mom who's going through the change is suddenly opening the cabinets in her kitchen when she's in her bedroom because she's so stressed about shit yeah (laughs) so it could be in time with that yeah um i mean and she was stressed about me knowing stuff too do you know what i mean so like we had a whole she's going to listen to this. So I I hope I don't embarrass her too badly, but like we had like a six month period where no pun intended, where I had to pretend she wasn't having her period, but like I'd go to the store and buy tampons then like come back and like give them to my wife, be like, they're in your car, you know? And then my wife would go out and get them. Cause I'm like pretending like I know nothing's going on, you know, all that stuff. So there was some stress around, like, does dad know that, that all this is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh my gosh. And you're traveling a lot. And yeah. she's just having teenage emotions and, you know, maybe she thought she saw you cause she just missed you being around and she was tired and I know. You know, but the part that pisses me off is that that lady and her son came in and maybe some other stuff was accurate, but I, I felt like there was some social engineering and kind of charlatanism. 100%. Yeah. You know 100%. I, mean? I feel like whenever I hear the term riddled with spirits, I'm sort of like, mm. no, hang on a minute especially like if there hadn't been a lot of super noticeable stuff going on 
Um, yeah, it sounds a little like there was a guy hanging off the, I mean, sure. Does that happen sometimes? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there would have been. But how freaky is that when you walk in and say, yeah, I've already seen him outside. And then he crawled down the chimney. No, no, no. That's sort of like a nightmare. Santa Claus. Exactly. Oh my God. But the other thing is, is that like now in the day and age of Google and social media, like anyone can find anything out about you. You know, I mean, I had yeah. I had a psychic reading and this guy was hell bent on you lived near a lake for X amount of years. I'm seeing lake. I'm seeing body of water. And I he was wrong. But when you go online and you type my my name in, my parents lived in uh, a town with lake in the name and it overlooks the lake and for a while there I was very transient because like you I traveled a lot for work and so I had all of my mail registered at my parents house for about four years and this Mm -hmm. guy was hell-bent on nope you live near a lake you live near a lake and I was like and then he brought up the name like like he's like I'm seeing an older woman her name begins with an e she's recently departed and it's like well, my husband's grandmother just passed away. Her name begins with an E. But if you plug in my stuff, you see my husband's name, you Google him, her obituary is going Survived to Survived by, right. Exactly. exactly. And so it was all these red so flags. Shitty. And the only so thing shitty. he picked up on that I was like, maybe he's legit, was he picked up on Joy. And then I realized... <laughs> Well, we have a fucking podcast. You can sure. Like I use my <laughs> like, name. And that's the first thing that comes was, up in the Google's. Perks. I was so desperate to like maybe have just a nugget of, mm-hmm. uh, which I think a lot of people are because I was going through right. some shit at the time and I was like, I just want to know if things are going to be okay. And so right. you really right. just and like you, you needed help. You were in a very vulnerable position and this person comes in and like you said charlatan shit they come in and they are observant and they see things and they immediately go to it's this it's this they know you have children they know you want to keep them safe hearing that she's seen some strange man or what have you in the house then she's immediately going to go to the scariest possible thing so you know that shit just makes That's that so makes us so lame, angry though. like oh p.s i'm also a realtor i guess your ghost won't leave so yeah, why don't you just let me well, make exactly. a sick commission on this house you've like put your heart and soul into in this great neighborhood and that find I you another one because you're not going to leave right right, right what right. a see yeah, you no. next tuesday exactly exactly no thank you i don't know so since then fine i mean lily's in college she's in her second year of college back in dc charlie's a sophomore in high school and doing great you know COVID didn't do anybody any favors in the world so the 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 air got a little heavier around here with my office mates and the lunchroom and my attitude about shit but that's all yeah that was being locked down that wasn't like spiritual activity or no that was was just that's all of us that's all of us that's just all of us Mm-hmm. It's like you think that you maybe broke Lily with the family bed situation. We're pretty sure that we broke our six-year-old with just lockdown and being like, no, it's fine. You can watch all the TV you want. Yes, no, you can just go ahead and do this. So now all the presents, yeah. all the screen time. So now Goodbye. when we say no, that's not okay. She's like, but you used to say yes all the time. Yeah. Rowing shit. 
so yeah, we're like, we, we, we broke COVID broke us and broke her. So yes. And more importantly, from the original one with like Jane coming over, you know, I told her we have a bunch of shit going on three models. She's like, I'll come over. I didn't tell her what it was. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Like she knew that stuff. I didn't share with her. We felt heavy. I didn't give her a bunch of, she just said, I'll meet you over there tomorrow. Right. Cause we're friends. She's like, I'll just see you. She doesn't yeah. need to like qualify me or whatever. And the fact that like, when she said she's gone, that all of us, including the crew was here when we did that. Actually, I forgot that detail. Oh my God. We were all like, it feels, feels better. And then nothing happened after that. Right. And so like, then it's sort of like, and she said, I don't know if we'll be able to get her to leave or not. That's up to her, but here's how we're going to try. It wasn't the despair of there's a person watching me up there from the alcove right now. They're not happy. I'm here. It's like, well, they're yeah, crawling yeah. down this the chimney to fuck with you. Yeah. Right. Did no. the did the crew actually join in with talking to her and let her know that, you know, she was also scaring them or was it just you and your family? No, what she wanted me to do cuz she really wanted me to take like that very authoritarian right. role. So like however she felt it, she knew this woman would be like and you know that that culture that she grew up in is very patriarchal I was just regardless of say, polygamy like in general is very so she's like you got to be the patriarch so yeah they were there for me to say they're part of our family and but you're these also are things the that dad. they've done that you don't yeah. know about well it's, they, if right. they had yeah. never married and the sisters lived and died there essentially their whole lives together the only authoritarian male they had was their father so it's not like looking at it as a husband it's that dad energy yeah and so I was there to kind of grant them some like inclusion, right? And say, mm -hmm. like, let me tell you what they did with the button they found. They didn't take it. They call it's donated. Like, and I don't know if it's yours or from its family before, but like it's meaning somebody's gonna see it every day now. Yeah, it won't be forgotten this way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's wild. So no more footsteps, no more weird things. Everything's cool in the house. Everything's cool. That's everything's great. cool. Now we're in the phase of uh and we'll we'll have to see if we disclose this podcast when it gets that time. But you know, Charlie will graduate in two years, and we're talking about what's next because I don't think we're going to be the the husband wife that will stick in this house. You're going to be empty 20, nesters three or twenty four yeah. years. But we'll do something different, right? And, right? and get this to the into the hands of somebody else that would enjoy it, and however mm -hmm. they want to enjoy it. I mean, listen, you guys did the right thing. You took care of everything. Technically, it's not there anymore. So I think. Ooh. They should be okay. Been vanquished. Bye bye. Um, I want to the alley that's back there in the back of your house. I'm just wondering if maybe she just paces back there now instead of messing with you. So I don't know if you ever go in the back alley. <laughs> and so you know what's interesting is it, it it abuts another house and there's sort of entrance to a driveway. And when we did our remodel, we found out that also like our property lines weren't properly documented. Okay. Which is a whole other like level of hell to go to mm -hmm. like, but this is what they are. Right. And there's fences. Do you know what I mean? Like, but oh, it yeah. doesn't show it on the map. Like we took care of that. But in order to do that, I wasn't going to use that alley. So I basically took the foot that I needed because we put in a new garage as well. Right. We actually did that before the remodel and that didn't cause any problems. But what it did bring out was like, it was like an episode of Scooby-Doo because like all the crazy old people were like, you tore down that garage. You oh, know? No. Yeah, in 1927, my car doesn't fit in there. And so like the guy that lives behind us, 
who was a prop uh, manager and lived in LA and it was a rental for a while, but I basically took one foot that I needed for the permits and then deeded him the rest. Cause I'm like, we'll never use that alley, That's right? So like our fence in our garage or butts it, right? Sure, cool. But he's back there all the time tinkering with shit. So I should go ask him. Do and be it. Like, hey, be like, you know, does, does, because does he's got like an airstream down there. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. please do. And then let us know. Life? I will. I will. I'll ask him. Do it. Although we have a fairly tenuous relationship because he put up a no trespassing sign and I kind of freaked out. What a dickhead. You gave him this like it wasn't intended job. for you. I'm like, but you posted it. Exactly. You gave him this land. I to get to the garage to like cut these weeds. No, no, no. Right, right, right. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Don't get him in trouble but, on the podcast. But you know what? He could also be tricky because the alleyway is haunted and he's putting up no trespassing because he's hearing people fucking about right. behind his house, especially he if he spends time in the garage. See? See, now you got to go investigate. Yeah. Ghost brain. She could be back there. My hope is that she's the cemetery in which both her, her, she and her sister's body reside in side-by-side plots is not far from the house. And my hope is she sort of went and joined her sister wherever her sister may be, mm-hmm. who obviously wasn't around per sort of what we felt. And uh, rather than that she's stuck in the alley because the alley is kind of a shitty place and he's kind of she's an asshole. So like back there kicking rocks. Well, it sounds like she's an asshole <laughs> And the too, apples drop so. and the, and the, and the rats are back there. It's like crazy stuff. Well, she has oh, company. Man. She's not alone. So it's fine. This is true. But it sounds like true. she was an asshole too. So they can be an asshole paradise together. Um, they could. But I'm wondering, I mean, this obviously, because it's been such a long time now since things chilled out and she departed to maybe the alleyway. Um, have you ever gone to visit her grave and like brought them flowers? Because I'm wondering sometimes, you know, when people that there's two ways that you die when you physically die. And when people stop saying your name and that, that can be hard, especially like, you know, they were spinsters. Like, yes, they've got this gargantuan family. Yeah. Have you, have you ever thought of just going and like saying, thank you for leaving our family alone? Here are some flowers, you know? I haven't and, and, and I'm open to it. So that's something I need to go back because it's been such a while. The only reason I really kind of then knew more about stuff and I didn't print anything or keep it was we had to do a thing for Lily that was a, like a family history project. And on her mother's side, they've got reams and reams of data because genealogy is very important to the Mormons. On my side, it was sort of like the ancestry stuff. We felt we we uh, discovered some fun things on my side. Ooh. But while I was in there, I did that. I looked and I saw like this is the grave and blah blah blah. Could these women somehow be related to your wife? No, we looked at that okay. actually. Um, okay. Totally, but that's a that's a very interesting suggestion, and um, we we did consider that. But it's so well documented, right? That they would be in there. Do you know what I mean? And right, she's talked yeah. to her mom about it. And we knew the name and everything, and the Woolsey thing. Like, it's such a prominent thing because of the FLDS, right? Right. The fundamentalist sect here that like it's a very prominent name that if you're connected to it, you know it, right? Yeah. It's not, there's, yeah. it's not in, you know, some undiscovered woodpile. Somewhere. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're royalty, basically their their bloodline, their blood lineage is the royal. You know, like infamously, right? Like royalty, like Henry VIII was royalty. Like, yes. I yes. don't know if you want to be that royalty. You don't sure. want to be that. Yes. No, I was actually just listening to a podcast recently where they talked about how the settlement happened in Salt Lake City and that it wasn't necessarily on the up and up. 
So that makes sense. Oh, please send me that. I'd like to think because there are two versions of that story. You know, one is they came out and saw that and had a divine revelation. The other one is you had people that were beat to shit coming out of this canyon and Brigham Young was in the back of the web and injured. And he looks out across the desert in the end of July and says, guess what? This is the place, not this is the place, right? Here's where we are. I will send you that show because I was listening to it like, oh my, this is, and like you said, there are two different versions of the story. So yes, mm-hmm. I will send that to and you. Empower to everybody to believe the version that's stronger. Right on, too, yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's cool. Whatever you want to believe. But yes, no, I shall send that to you. Yeah. So do you oh yes, no oh, go, go ahead. No, go joy. No, I was just gonna re- gratitude request. That's what I was gonna you. say. I know. We, That's why I stopped talking. We have this thing that we do that I make people do at the end of the episode. We okay. each take a turn to say something that we're grateful for, uh, either in this moment or this week or just in general. So, John, what are you grateful for? So I will um, maybe I'll do two things real quick. So one is in the spirit of what you said earlier was uh, I'm grateful for uh, Eliza Woolley, if that was the person that was here that she's allowed our family to have uh, an amazing family experience in this house mm-hmm. and uh, that hopefully we've been able to do her justice by taking care of it in a thoughtful and family oriented way. And the second one is, um, this was especially highlighted through COVID is uh, I'm grateful that uh, we no longer have to define community as uh, those that are immediately around us. And that uh, just as evidenced by today, um, I'm able to be part of your guys's community through connections, through family and other sorts of things. And all these tools that we came to rely on allow us to, to have this uh, interaction today. And we are so totally. happy to have you. Seriously. This has been absolutely lovely. Joy, Thank you're you next. Thank you so much. Joy. What am I grateful for? I don't know. Um, uh, I am... Um, I don't know. I can come back to me. You go first. Oh, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> all right, fine. All right, fine, fine. Um, I apologize in advance because mine are never uh, serious. Like yours just were because that was beautiful. Mine, I'm just really thankful that I, I found on sale um, a mini donut maker. Oh my God. And I'm going to be working on that the next couple of days. So when I need to bring snacks to our PTA meetings, maybe I can make some mini donuts and bring them. I love that. Mm-hmm. There you um, go. Mini donut maker. Emily. <laughs> please send that link as well. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> she will. Um, this episode will air like well after this fact, but I had triple hernia surgery a week ago and I am so happy that I no longer have what appeared to be a third tit growing out of my stomach next to my belly button um I'm really happy for modern surgery that enabled my surgeon to go in with a robot um so I didn't have to one have uh be cut open uh like a fillet um and also that I could go home the same day. Um, but yeah, I am incredibly grateful to modern medicine and the fact that I now have a very expensive uh, quilt happening inside my body with medical cheesecloth. So it's fantastic. Mesh. Mesh. I got mesh. mesh. We, uh, we had a friend who recently had a hysterectomy and I said, what did they tell you like for your recovery? And they said that to not lift anything heavier than a gallon of milk. And I thought, how inherently sexist is that to say to use 
that's the 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 analog is a gallon of milk i might yep. not say a kilogram i was told the same I mean? thing but the problem mm -hmm. is is that my child is uh is a dash over 15 pounds and very wriggly and so i was like i'm like i've got a very large gallon of milk mm -hmm. over here mm -hmm. That's a that's a pony that's a pony keg. It pony is a bowl. pony keg. Coors Light Bowl. I do have a pony keg <laughs> of oh milk. <laughs> oh, but he's delicious, and my painkillers definitely are helping, as well as my very reinforced abdominal binder girdle situation I'm in. So yes, um, that's an image for you to take home with you today. Um, so anyway, this podcast is about ghosts. It is. Uh, <laughs> John, it was absolutely wonderful speaking with you. And thank you so much for sharing this with us, because some people mm -hmm. do not feel comfortable talking about this stuff in, you know, a private, yet let alone public forum because of, you know, that fear of ha something, having someone, you know, like originally happened with your construction crew with the guy in the basement. And they were like, you're fucking crazy. You're, you're seeing shit, right. you know, to them having it happen to them personally. So we really appreciate you coming on and telling your story and being, you know, open and vulnerable about how it really affected you as a family. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. My pleasure, and thanks for the opportunity. And uh, directly after this, I get to go into a meeting with the Department of Defense to talk about what paperwork I need to get a classified access to materials. So talk about a juxtaposition of oh conversations. Well. So I appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation because the next one won't be as fun. Oh, oh Lord. Thank you for thinking we're fun. Yay. Good luck with the next meeting. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and if anything else kicks up after this, because yes. you were talking about stuff, let us know. And let us know if... Uh, if she is pacing doing her doing her steps in the alleyway. Yeah. And if I go to the end up going to the grave, I will uh, send you a picture. Thank you. Oh, that would please be do. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, Jonathan. Seriously. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Uh, so listeners, in the meantime, until next time, sage your sofas. And don't be afraid of the dark. But I will. Thank you, John. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Oh, it was a ghost meeting.